0: All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that's watching us online on Facebook Live and whoever's going to watch us throughout the week through our website. Thank you for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are starting a new series called Afterlife. What happens to you after you die? You're like, man, that's a pretty morbid. thought, Pastor, right? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. One out of one of us is going to die, right? Like, like, like the, the ratio is not in our favor. And It's something that, as Christians, we should think about, like what happens to us after we die. And so this is going to be a four-part series. Uh, We're going to talk about, we're going to be and deep into Scripture throughout the weeks and just really uh, look at what Scripture talks about, heaven and hell and the afterlife. Uh, Today, what I want to do is inspire us to think about eternity, I want to inspire us to think about eternity because depending on how old you are today probably depends on how much you think about it, right? Like if you're a little bit older, you probably think about death a little bit more. Um, If if you're a little bit younger, you probably don't think about death that much. But uh, again, it's something that we all have to think about because it's something that we're all going to experience at some point. And so, uh, man, as I was preparing this message this week, um, man, this story just kept coming up over and over three times this last week in different conversations with people, and um, I, I really feel like I need to share it today uh, uh, before we, we get into uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of this message. And what I want to start off today is, is a phrase that um, I believe that the Lord gave me, and that is that if you don't think this life matters, then you won't make it matter. If you don't think that your life matters, then, then you won't make it matter. And, and there's two things that, that Don and I, when we started Passionate Life Church, that we wanted people to experience. One, we wanted them to experience eternal life in Christ. Like, like man, and we've seen almost 1,400 people come to know Jesus over the last seven years, and God has done awesome in that. But the second thing that we wanted people to experience when they walk through those doors is that their life matters. That their life matters. And we've had an array of people walking through those doors over the last seven years that said that today was going to be their last day if they didn't experience God. And... Uh, you know, fortunately for us, they experienced God and it wasn't their last day. And, 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 and it all comes down, listen, it all comes down to whether or not you believe your life matters. So about 15 years ago, there's a guy by the name of David Hines. He was 19 years old at the time. And he woke up like, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning, just just, man, just weeping and crying. And this voice kept pounding him over and over again to take his own life this voice kept telling him everything will be better the pain will stop if you just take your own life and this voice kept telling him to jump off the the golden gate bridge the golden gate bridge this voice and and Six o'clock in the morning, his dad, uh, David's dad, comes to him and, and, and tells him that he loves him. And David, at that moment, told, told his dad that he loved him. And David's thinking in his mind for the last time. And after his dad left for work, he wrote a suicide note. And, and he wrote it and he left it. And uh, he got on a bus. He got on a bus to the Golden Gate Bridge. And he just begins to cry. He begins to cry and he begins to weep and he's thinking in his mind that I don't want to do this. I I don't want to do this. But he's like, Does anybody care? Does anybody care about me? And this is what he thought in his mind. He said, If somebody asks me, Hey, are you okay? I won't jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. If somebody will just ask me, I won't, I won't do it. And he's on this bus driving to the Golden Gate Bridge, and he just begins to cry. He's just weeping. And people are looking at him. People are just ignoring him, and nobody is saying anything. This, this, this man that's sitting uh, the aisle across from him looks at him, and he said, what is wrong with this kid? And then he laughs. The bus finally pulls up to the stop of the, where the bridge is, and the bus driver yells, hey, kid, this is your stop. Get off. And, the, you know, he's, he's walking towards the bus driver and he's crying and the bus driver doesn't say anything, so he gets off the bus. And he, for the next three hours, he's walking up and down the Golden Gate Bridge. He's just walking up and down the Golden Gate Bridge, passing joggers and bikers, police officers that were actually patrolling for jumpers. He, he's walking by, that he's just weeping, and he's crying, and he's thinking in his mind, if someone will just ask me if I'm okay, I won't jump today. If someone will just care, if someone will just see if my life matters, I won't jump today. Nobody said anything to him. And that voice got louder in his head, and finally... He ran and he jumped off the bridge. And he said the moment he jumped was the moment he regretted that he jumped. And as he's falling towards his death, he's falling towards the water in the bay there, in the San Francisco Bay, he cries out to God and he says, God, please don't let me die. And then he hits the water and he just, he, shatter, he shatters all his vertebrae. He, he said it just felt like everything just went to glass, like just everything just shattered. And he couldn't feel anything from, from his waist down. And, and he sinks 70 to 80 feet down. And he says, the only thing I could think in my mind is, David, you got to live. David, you got to survive. And so he's like, man, I'm swimming and swimming and swimming faster than I ever have with one breath. He's like, I get to the surface and, and I take that breath. And he's like, man, I just got to survive. I just got to live. And he said, hyperthermia already started to set in and he started to get cold and, and he's struggling, right? He can't use his legs. And, and all of a sudden this animal begins to circle him and he thinks it's a shark. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm going to get eaten by a shark, right? And this animal is circling him. He's trying to punch it. He's trying to hit this this animal. And this animal was a a seal. It was a seal line. And it came underneath of David and pushes him up to the surface. And, he, and this animal, this, this, this seal, holds him above the surface for like 30 minutes until the Coast guard can come and save David's life. And they pull David out of the water, and the coast guard that pulls David out of the water, he looks at him and he says, "Do you know how many people we've pulled out of the bay?" He says, "I don't want to know." He's like, "I'm going to tell you. 57." And he says, "You're the only one that has lived." And so from this moment, this, was, this happened 15 years ago. This happened 15 years ago. David says, from, this mo- from that moment on, I realized that my life matters. And that if I would have done what I would have done, because, man, he got to talk to his parents afterwards. And, and he's like, if I would have done what I wanted to do, I would have caused immense pain in everybody that loved me. And he says, I wouldn't have been able to see how many people actually care about me. Listen, today, I need everybody that's watching online, that's here in this room today. Listen, your life matters. Your life matters, and there's people that love you and care about you. Listen, you're not alone. Please, man, if you're struggling with that, tell somebody. Tell somebody you are not alone. We love you. People care about you. Your life matters. Come on, let's pray. We'll get into God's Word today. Father, I thank you. Yet every life in this room matters today. Every life that's watching us online matters today. God, I thank you for this moment, Lord. We give this moment to you right now, God, and we just ask that it would be fruitful. You'd open our hearts and minds to the understanding of your eternal word today, God. And God, I pray that we'd leave this place changed. We leave this place different. We leave this place a little bit closer to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen and amen. Afterlife. About 12 years ago, I was working in a real estate office, and um, I was very vocal with my faith. Um, I was uh, not as graceful as I am now. I was just really straight to the point back then, And um, so everybody in the office knew that I was a believer. Uh, My boss was a believer. We went to the same church. And um, there's this guy that worked there. His name was Sammy. I'm not going to use his real name because he's actually from Denver. Uh, We were in Jacksonville, uh, Florida at the time. And so uh, one day... One day Sammy was talking to these two young girls in the office, and, and he was just he was just man, he was pounding them about how there was no afterlife. He he was just saying, There's no afterlife, there's just no way that anything happens to us. We just go to sleep after we die. We we just go into nothingness because this life is enough. And these girls were getting confused and they they were like, Andrew, come here, come here, come here. And they're like Sammy is saying that when we die, the afterlife is nothing. We just go to sleep. Well, what do you think about that? And I said, well, you know that I'm a Christian, and I follow the Bible, and, and, you know, the Bible says if you don't confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you go to hell. And you burn for all eternity. And, and Sammy's looking at me. This is a 45-year-old IT guy who does graphic design for us. And he looks at me and he says, I don't, I don't believe in that fairy tale. I think it's a fairy tale that, that men made up so they can control people. And, and he's just like, I just, I just don't believe that that's what happens. I said, well, okay, Sammy, that's, that's fine. Except if if I'm wrong, then we all just go to sleep. Right? And we just go into nothingness. I said, but but if you're wrong, you're going to burn for all eternity. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was angry. He looked at me, and he, he says, why isn't this life enough for you? And I said, Sammy, I bet you really, you're a real miserable person inside, aren't you? And, See, I would have much more couth. I am very, much better with my words now. (laughs) And he looked at me. It's a 45-year-old man. He looked at me, and he started weeping instantaneously. So He just started to cry. He got up and ran out of the real estate office and slammed the door. I mean, he sprinted out. And my boss came in. He said, Andrew, what did you do? I said, well, I I told Sammy he's going to hell. I I I was like, Sorry, <laughs> he's like, oh. So we didn't see Sammy for a couple of days. Um, he came back the next week. He came back the next week, and I went up to him and I said, "Look, bro, I, I'm sorry. You know that that you know I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want to make you cry or anything like that. Listen, I just want you to know that God loves you. He's got a purpose and a plan for you, and that that your life your life matters to Him." And he's like, "Okay, whatever." And a couple of weeks later, a couple of weeks later. Uh, Sammy quit I, I, He quit or, or he got fired I, I can't remember what happened In um, But what we, we found out What we found out about Sammy Is that he was a functional crackhead He smoked crack every day And he didn't look like it. I mean he had all his teeth he didn't look like he's a homeless guy. You know what I mean? Like he was a fun, he worked in IT, right? But he smoked crack every single day. And the point of the story is Sammy didn't think his life mattered. Sammy thought that at what, whatever he did in this life didn't matter to the next. And so he smoked crack every day because he was just going to fall asleep. He had no purpose. His life didn't matter. Listen, if you don't think your life matters, then your life won't matter. And that is such a lie from the enemy to make us believe that this life doesn't affect the next one. C.S. Lewis, I want to read this quote from his book, Mere Christianity, because C.S. Lewis is, is smarter than me. And it's such a good quote. He wrote this. He said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians that did the most for the present world... Were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. I have this example today. It's it's a uh, it's an example that I stole. I didn't come up with this one, but it was so good. I wanted to share it. If I can get this rope. It's actually an example I stole from Francis Chan. But it's so good. And this rope is so long. Okay. The white part of this rope, okay? The white part of this rope represents eternity, okay? Our time in eternity. Look. Look how long this rope is. This is eternity. And and this is the problem with us, okay? This is the problem with us. And if you've come here for a while, you've heard me say this, is that we are finite beings, right? We're trapped inside of time. And we serve a God who is infinite, who is outside of it. There's no no nine o'clock In heaven, okay? And so this is how we struggle. Like everlasting life, eternal life just keeps going and going and going. Like the Energizer bunny, it just keeps going. And this little black part right here, this little black part represents our time here on earth. Compared to this long part. And we look at this, this little black part, right? We look at this little black part. And some of us spend our whole lives working for the last 10 years that we can actually enjoy life, right? Like... How crazy does that sound? And so we sacrifice time with our spouse and our kids. You know, we work jobs that we hate just to get to the last 10 or 15 years of our life. Then we can start enjoying it. Then that's when our life is going to start to matter. Like we have such a short time compared to eternity. We have such a short time here on earth. And this little black part, this little black part determines how we spend eternity. And we see C.S. Lewis says, man, some Christians have become so ineffective. And, and I believe it's because, you know, we don't talk about it very much, right? We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about it so much. Now, for me, I'm an, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up in church in the 80s and 90s, Right? where it was like, we talked about the apocalypse every Sunday, right? You know, where it was the left behind books, do you know what I mean? And just like, you know, Jesus is going to come at any second. And, and like, I grew up as a kid, just afraid to go to hell. Like, like, you know, I would steal a piece of candy and I'm like, man, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so we, we overloaded the church, you know, for like two decades of just this, this fear-based you know, doctrine. And so we kind of like overcorrected and now we don't talk about it at all. But it's something that, man, as a, as a church, like we need to be thinking about eternity. Because there's people, listen, there's people in our lives that need us to ask them if they're okay. Okay. And if we're so just kind of got the blinders on and I got to go to work and I got to make money and I got to, you know, I got to go through the corporate ladder and I just got to do this and I got to hit my goals and and we're so blinded, we're going to miss out on the people that God wants us to ask, hey, are you okay? Your life matters. And what I love about the apostle Paul is that he was obsessed with this moment where him and Jesus would meet. And, and, and the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And so he talks a lot about, you know, this moment between him and Jesus and what it's going to be like. And he basically lives his whole life for eternity, for this moment where he meets Jesus. Let's read Philippians 1, 20 through, 23 through 24. Paul says this. He says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Let, let me tell you, it's going to be far... Heaven is going to be far better for us than this life, okay? Heaven, I can't wait to talk about it. Heaven is going to be amazing. It's, it's beyond our thoughts what God has prepared for us. And so Paul's saying, man, it would be better that I would be in heaven for me. But look what he says. He says, but for your sakes... It is better that I continue to live. Because Paul knew, man, my life matters. I got purpose. And my purpose is is, is eternity. Man, I want to bring as many people into eternity with me as possible. And so, man, I look forward to heaven. I look forward to being with Jesus. I look forward to meeting him face to face. But, man, I got work. That needs to be done. I need to make sure that people know that Jesus loves them and that there's a purpose and a plan and that their life matters and they're not a mistake. And so, man, I'm going to run hard. Even though I want to be in heaven, like being with Jesus is going to be awesome, but man, I got a purpose here while I'm here on earth. Let's continue. Philippians 3 12 through 14. Paul says this. He says, I don't, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I love this. I have not achieved it. Now, Paul was a super apostle. Okay, he wrote half of the New Testament, all right? And so if Apostle Paul, this, like, this is good news to me, okay? This is encouraging to me. The Apostle Paul says, hey, I haven't reached perfection. Like, I'm still working on me, right? Like, I'm, I'm still working on this thing, and I, I'm still striving to be better every single day, right? Perfection is, is, not, like, like, is not the goal. Continuing to press on is the goal. And so I love that. He encourages me in that. He says, But I focus on this one thing. So if Paul says that we should focus on this one thing, we should probably focus on this one thing. He says this He says, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I ran track in high school, it's pretty fast. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? It's fast. Um, and my track coach always would say don't look back. Don't try to look to see where your opponent is. You stay focused on what's ahead of you. You stay focused on the finish line because the moment you, you turn your head, you start to slow down. You, you start to lose mo- momentum. You get distracted. And, and that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Man, when I look back at my mistakes in my past, I get distracted. I lose momentum. I stop moving forward. And in the book of Timothy, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, I am the worst. He's like, I'm the worst of all sinners. Like, like wow, Paul. Like, like, I am the worst of all sinners. The Apostle Paul was trying to destroy Christianity. He he had Christians arrested and killed. Like, that was his past. And so Paul is saying, look, I know you got a past, and we should learn from our past, but we can't let our past stop us from moving forward because God's got a good prize for us. God's got good rewards for us. And so he's like, man, I press on. I continue to go forward because I know that God's got good things for me. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. Come on, God's got a prize for us. For which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And I was reading this passage this week, and I just thought of this moment um, with me and Jude. And um, it was, I've got a video I want to show you, but I want to give you some context to this video. This was a couple years ago. Uh, Jude was uh, in his field day, his kindergarten field day. And they were running this relay race. And it was it was a pretty long distance of a relay race. And Jude's team, they only had three people on his team. So he had to run the first leg and the anchor leg. Okay? And so he starts off the race. And he he does pretty good. He does pretty good. And he comes back. And um, the second and third person on his team, they were slow. And they were getting smoked. I mean, like they were getting destroyed, right? And so, but Jude is like, he's amped up, right? He's running the anchor, and, and he gets it, and he just just starts to sprint, and I'm like, there's no way he's going to keep this up. Like, he's just trying to chase this kid down, right? And about halfway through the race, I'm like, he might catch this kid, and so I pull out my phone, and I take this video. Go ahead and, and show it to him. so a couple of things about that video the couple things of the video is that man he gave it everything he had that last leg and to the point where he couldn't even stand anymore as he's crossing the finish line and I was reading that passage and I thought of this moment with Jude I thought, man, that's how I want to end my life. That's how I want to meet Jesus. I want to meet Jesus falling across the finish line and being able to tell Jesus, God, God I left nothing back in that life. I gave it everything that I had, all my strength, all my time. God, it was all about you. And I just want to fall across that finish line. And when I fall across that finish line, I get to meet Jesus. And I love after Jude crosses the finish line, man, everybody's high-fiving him. Guys, this is what it's like in heaven. I can't wait to talk about it. But, man, there's so much rejoicing of finishing the race. I just want to finish this race strong. I want to finish this race strong. Strong. And then the second thing that really stuck out to me is that crazy dad that was yelling at his son. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, come on. You can do. Come on, Jude. You can do it. And I thought about how our heavenly father is calling out to us every single day. And, and, and some of us... We don't hear the voice of God. We don't hear God calling out to us. And it's not because God's not talking, because he's always talking. He's always calling out to us. He's always saying, Come on, you can finish this race. You're made for this. Your life matters. You've got purpose. Come on, finish strong. The reason is if you're not hearing the voice of God, you're probably not in God's Word, you're probably not reading the Bible. Because that's the first place God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. And then the second thing that that you're probably not doing, you're probably not getting alone with God in solitude. Not isolation, okay? Solitude, where you're alone with God and you're like, okay, God, I'm here. I want to spend these next 10 or 15 minutes listening to you in silence. Sometimes I put worship music on, but just God, I I just want to hear your voice. And, and, and some of us, we're waiting for like, this is God. Right? Hi. You know, like, we're waiting. It's me. Right? Like, we're waiting for this booming voice. Like, I've never heard God speak. You probably have. You just haven't recognized it. Because God speaks with a whisper. And the reason why he whispers is because he's so close to us. He's in us, so he doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to shout. He's right here. And so he's whispering to us. He's calling out to us every single day. And if we're not hearing it, our life is probably filled with so much noise and distraction. We're We're not hearing him calling out to us. Because he's calling out to us. He's saying, come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. You can make it. You can make And if you fall down, he's like, that perfection's not the goal. Just get up. Keep running. Keep coming. Come on. I'm right here at the finish line. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to hug you. Come on. Come on. I know you're weak. I know you're weary. Let me give you some strength. Let me, care. Let me, let me hold on to you. Let me carry through, through this, this moment in your life. Let me, let me walk with you. Come on, if you're weak, I'm strong. Come on, let me. But we need to get to the finish line. Because your life matters. I created you with purpose. I created with you the plan for your life. Your life matters today. And we have to think about eternity. Because God has so much in store for our lives today and the people that are around us. Philippians 3, 17 and 18, this is the last passage. Paul says this, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. So Paul's like, man, I am so eternally focused. Like, pattern your life after me. Like, come on, live for eternity. And learn from those who follow our example. If you can imagine this moment. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. And so here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing this letter to the Philippian church. And he's just got tears in his eyes as he writes this next sentence. He writes this. He says that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Let's continue. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. Listen, that was me, okay? At one point in my life, that describes me to a T. I lived only for me. And my life was selfish because... And the grand scope of things, I didn't really think my life mattered. I didn't think that I could do anything in this life that would matter. So I just self destructed. And I consumed drugs and alcohol and I just did whatever I wanted to do that pleased me. And I bragged about shameful things. Like that sentence was me. But we, come on, say that with me this morning. But we. But we are citizens of heaven. And this is what got a hold of me. Listen, this is not the fear of hell or, or Like, this is what... Man, when I understood that when I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that now I'm a citizen of heaven and that all that, 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 that Jesus has, I have access to. Why? Because I'm a citizen of heaven. Listen, we're not, yes, we're citizens of the United States, but this is not our home. Like, and that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to say. Like, this is not our home. Because Adam and Eve brought sin into this world, like, the earth is not permanent. Like, the earth is temporary. And we're going to talk about this. The book of Revelation says that God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And so it's, it's not by surprise that, that we see that there are things that are happening to the earth. And, and it's not a surprise because this is not our home. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And I want to I want to leave us with a, with a couple questions to think about this week and pertaining to that last sentence in that that passage. When's the last time you thought about the return of Christ? It Says in Revelations that Jesus is going to return for us. And again, I spent two decades of my life hearing this over and over and over. The apocalypse, you know, the world's going to end. You know what I mean? Like, and it just Freaked me out, right? And so we didn't talk about it, you know, for years. And listen, what do you want to be doing when Jesus returns for us? You see, the early church had an advantage over us because the early church, many of those people in the early church actually were there and saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And... and. You know 120 of them were in the upper room and they experienced the power of the holy spirit and so they're like jesus is going to return well when he's going to return soon and so man uh, this life doesn't matter and so man i got three houses i'm going to sell two and just give the give the money to the poor and and come on let's just work together you need some food man come to my house and eat and it was just this It was just this unity that Jesus talks about. They were just like, man, we're all in this together because Jesus is gonna return and nothing else matters in this life. Well, 2,000 years later, right? Jesus hasn't returned yet. And so we've lost that sense of urgency that the early church had where they're like, man, Jesus could return at any moment. So man, like... This life doesn't matter. What matters is that, man, we're making as many citizens of heaven as possible. Now we're, we're all doing this work together. We're united together. We're moving in one accord towards the finish line. God's got a great prize for us. So come on, let's let's do this all together. And they had such unity because they believed that Jesus would return soon. And so what's happened to us is we've lost that sense of urgency. That that coworker that is always grumpy and angry and always in a bad mood, that we always avoid, right? We walk around the queue, we go the long way, right? That coworker is asking for you to ask them if they're okay. We we lost that sense of urgency. And and today, man, with the suicide rates just skyrocketing. We need to have that sense of urgency again because we don't know when is the last thing, like when someone's going to jump off a bridge or take their own life because they feel like their life doesn't matter. They feel like nobody cares because we, we need to get an eternal perspective. This is what Paul had. This is what drove the Apostle Paul. In that moment that I meet Jesus, This is what the early church had, man. Jesus is coming soon. So man, let's just live like Jesus is coming soon. This is not our home. Now we're citizens of heaven. So I want to challenge you today to think about it this week. What would, man, what do you want to be doing when Jesus returns? And then what is that moment for you going to be like when you meet Jesus? Are you gonna be excited? Or are you gonna have regret in your heart? You know, oh man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have done more. I wish I wouldn't have done, I wish I wouldn't have worked as much. I wish I wouldn't. I wish I would have talked to more people. Man, I wish I would have talked to my family member. That cusses me out all the time when I talk about Jesus. Man, I wish I would have been more perseverant. I wish I would talk to my neighbor. Right? Like, what's that moment going to be like for you? Because as Christians, man, we've got a heavenly prize. But that's not guaranteed to everybody. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we go into our response time this morning. And this is just our opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never thought that my life really matters, and man, I need to make that first step today. Or maybe you've just completely drifted from the truth, and you're just, man, your life is consumed with consumerism and, and money and stuff of this world, and you've just gotten off track. And today, you just may want to make a recommitment to Christ today. Again, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. Yes, 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 thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you, and I will think about eternity. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today.